I'm Beth Whitworth, race car driving, quilt making, CPA firm owning, wife, mom, and boss. I'm here to help you build a business you love by sharing all of the good, the bad, the ugly, and the excellent sides of working in this industry. It's not always easy, but after many years, I can finally say it's worth it. Let me guide you on your journey to accounting with confidence. Well, hello and welcome to Accounting with Confidence. Today, I'm going to talk about a topic that is typically something that accountants really just aren't a fan of. I've been in this industry a long time, and even when I was back in school in the business division of my university, I looked at the people that were marketing majors like they had two heads. I could not understand why they would want to get into marketing. I could not understand why they loved it, how they were ever going to get a job, because I was back there studying to be an accountant. It was something that had an actual outcome that you could get to. You know, there's equations and there were balancing and there were actual compliance things that you had to do to actually make a living. And I just didn't understand marketing, didn't understand that it was part of being in business for many, many years. So let's circle back. Today, we're going to talk about marketing mindset for accountants. And I'm going to start with talking about why do we have that mental block when it comes to marketing mindset? So for years and years and years, and and probably even earlier this year, I know that I would say things like marketing is a necessary evil. Well, marketing is an intangible. It is something that I just, you know, have to pump myself up to want to work on. And unfortunately, that mindset in a lot of ways has held me back. It has kept me from growing my business at times. It has kept me from really playing full out and has probably kept me smaller than I probably could have gotten. So initially, you know, with this mental block that accountants have is, like I said, you know, we are into numbers and equations and seeing that there is a right answer And marketing feels a little bit fluid. It feels like it's not always going to work maybe the first time. There's no guarantee that return on investment is what every accountant wants to understand. So if I spend this much on marketing, I'm going to be guaranteed to get this much in revenues, right? And not knowing is super scary. But in business, you have to set aside those fears and actually move forward. But a lot of the reasons why accountants aren't fans of this is because we've either not understood what we were trying to get, or we felt like we were vulnerable by having to rely on a marketing person or a marketing agency or something that felt like a very heavy investment with a lot of uncertainty. 
So back in, it was many years ago, one of the the firms that I was a part of, one of the first things we did after getting a logo and deciding on our name and all of those things was to start thinking about the marketing piece. And we had a company that we knew of and who was fairly new in the industry, but they had some great references and we were ready to to do something. We need we knew we needed to bring some clients in. So we talked to them and we were just at the very beginning stages of our business. We were really we were were babies at it at this point. I was out on my own for the first time. I had partnered up and it was time to get a marketing plan together. How are we going to make some money? So we worked with this firm and they came up with some this great idea. And at the time, it was back before social media was a big thing, that email marketing was a big thing. There was none of those types of things. So you were still looking at actually mailing things out. So we were looking at whether we're going to put an ad somewhere, are we going to mail something to certain businesses, do a big mailing campaign, and what was the return going to be on that? And so after weeks and weeks, we finally got some ideas back from the the marketing team. And they came in and they pitched us on this great idea that we were going to promote ourselves to banks in the area. Because at the time, there was a very big push for some of the larger banks to have a small business type of division. And they wanted to team up with accountants and lawyers and people that could refer business back to the bank and the bank would refer business to those accountants, CBAs, bookkeepers. So they had this great idea. Let's market to them and we're going to do a piece that we're going to send out to the bankers and it's going to look like one of the carriers that you use when you go through the drive-through of the bank. You know, the little thing, you, the cylinder that you pull out of the, the tube and you put your stuff in and you you shove it back in. And they were going to, inside the tube, they were going to put our information and about why we would be a great fit for them. And they were going to mail this out. And they said, we're going to mail it out to a thousand different banks, a thousand different addresses. And the return on investment should be great. So, okay, I love the idea. It sounds very creative. It does not sound boring. How much is that going to cost? And now go back to what I said, we were just starting out. We did not have a lot of clients yet. We didn't know exactly, you know, what our budget was going to be. We had office space, so we had that overhead, but we were thinking a small budget. Okay, so they come back and they said it's going to be $10 per piece plus postage. So immediately was like, these people do not get me. They don't get us. They don't understand us. Where do they think we are going to come up with $10,000 to do a mailing campaign that might bring us in some revenue? And I immediately was like, they're the people I went to school with who I couldn't understand that had two heads. You know, they just didn't understand my business and my cash flow or lack thereof in this case. And I was so disheartened. I was just like, 
waiting and waiting for this great idea. We're going to have this plan on how to bring in business. And by the time we finally got got it, which was, like I said, it took a few weeks. It wasn't something that they came up with overnight. It was so far out of our price range and it was just not feasible. So I was very much back into the world of, you know what? Marketing's not for me. It's a necessary evil. I'm going to do the minimum of what needs to be done to keep my business having new clients coming in. Now, if you've been in the business a while, or if you're brand new, this might not be a surprise to you either, is that you will always have some turnover of clients. So whether it's due to attrition, you know, someone's brother-in-law decides to open a firm and they say, well, I'm going to stop using you for my work and and give the business to my brother-in-law. That's not something that you did. It's not something that you can avoid necessarily. It is just human nature. You have people that pass away. We have deaths, you know, and that means our client is no longer our client. We have businesses that get sold and the new owners, you know, have already have an accounting firm. So there's all kinds of reasons why you lose business. So you always need to have a process for getting new people in the door. And for us as accountants, we tend to keep going back to those, you know, traditional methods of marketing. And we're so far past that. I've been in the industry a couple of decades now. So everything has changed as far as what marketing is, what it does, what you should be doing. And so this year, and particularly this quarter of this year, I have decided that I'm going to bring marketing back up to the the forefront, that we need a plan. So we've been working on our systems and, and getting processes in place for when someone calls and they're looking for a new accountant. And what do we do? Well, we schedule a discovery call, we find out what their needs are, we issue them a proposal. So we've gotten some processes together to make that part a little more streamlined. But what we never really put in place is the pipeline of where are those people coming from? So I enrolled in a class that started about five weeks ago. It's a 10-week class, so I'm about halfway through. So I thought this would be a good time to kind of update you on, on what things that are currently being taught to accountants in order to kind of get their marketing on track. And I haven't learned it all yet, but I have learned some very insightful things. And let me tell you, marketing is still, in my opinion, hard. (laughs) And it's very much probably because I'm an accountant at heart. And I've, I've been an accountant for a very long time. And so getting your mind to shift around the why you do what you do, who you want to help, why you want to help them, what you're helping them with, and putting a lot of that into words and language and some sort of a message that you're trying to construct to attract people to you is uncomfortable for us. Typically, we're a bunch of introverts that like to work by ourselves, sometimes in small teams, but mostly by ourselves, to get stuff done. And spending that time to be very introspective on why you're doing what you're doing and who you want to attract, who you want to work with, is such important and powerful work. 
that I kind of regret not having done it in the past or spent a significant amount of time on it since that time years, 15 years ago when we got the $10,000 mailing the little bank cylinders out campaign that really put me off of marketing. So since then, it's all been a do-it-yourself. So here I am in this class and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to take the time to do all the things they say. And I have worked through a lot of the exercises. I'm trying to keep up with the homework every week. And I know there's still so much more to come. And I think that it is kind of imperative that I, I get this work done before this next coming busy season and really get behind it and have a plan. So here I am. I'm going to tell you about what I've done in the past and what I think still works. I'm also going to talk a little bit about kind of how I'm dealing with these things and how I'm trying to focus my attention on what it is that I want to do with my business, which is to bring in more revenues with customers, clients that we enjoy working with, who enjoy working with us and value our experience and expertise. And in doing this, there's definitely come some struggles and there's come some realizations. So let's talk about that. So first, other than the the mailing campaign that didn't happen, the next common thing that we did or I did with my firm was pretty much to just do networking do networking, do chamber of commerce events, host things through the chamber of commerce, very much your go into a group environment. And it used to be you'd have your business card and your elevator pitch of what you do, who you are. And you're just trying to put yourself in front of people who either know people who might want to be a client or who are people who want to be a client. And we can roll it back, I'm still an introvert. And putting myself or any member of my team into the environment of needing to walk into a large group setting and introduce themselves or myself in this case and make small talk and pitch myself was one of the most uncomfortable positions I put myself in in my business. It was uncomfortable every time. I mean, I would walk in, I would put my, you know, my purse down on a chair at one of the tables and I would just stand there hoping somebody's going to come up to me. I've never been the person that wants to walk up to somebody, shake their hand, say, hey, I'm Beth. You know, let's talk. What can I do for you? What can you do for me? It's not something that I've ever been comfortable with. And I've spent many, many, many an uncomfortable luncheon, (laughs) you know, making that small talk. Did I get some clients? A few. Was it enough for the amount of money that I spent? Probably. I mean, the chamber is is still a very, very good avenue, at least in, in our region. I'm in the Midwest. And there's lots of opportunities still there. But what I don't do with the chamber anymore is large in-person monthly luncheons. I just don't do it. It's not my thing. I don't expect my team to do it. I don't do it. Thank you in some respects to COVID and taking so much of this online. I am much more comfortable in a Zoom meeting 
than I am in a live event. So that was helpful over the last couple of years. There wasn't a lot of networking. Everything went to some sort of online presence. And that was very helpful to me. Now, the other piece was to be that I was a part of was some very small networking groups where you either were sharing leads or maybe it was some sort of small business accountability group where you could really get to know each other's business. And those types of opportunities were better. They were more expensive, but they were something that was in a smaller setting. I wasn't walking into a room that had 100, 150 people. I was month after month meeting with the same group of 10 to 12 people. And we got to know each other. We were no longer strangers. Now, that was more expensive, but it did get you into a position to become that expert and have the ability to really understand either the people in your group or for the people in your group to understand you so that they could tell other people about you. So those types of marketing methods were something that that did work for me in the past. Now, those networking groups also kind of dried up for the last couple of years with COVID. You could still do them and they were online. That is actually, to me, a situation where it was a little harder. It was harder on a smaller group to really get that camaraderie and really that understanding of each other without being in the same room. Because you do learn a lot from people in being in a small group setting and seeing their reactions and hearing them speak. And it's just different. And so I do miss that. And I haven't done that in a while, but it is definitely something that I felt was a better use of my time than the large chamber luncheon events. So I'm sure others out there can say, hey, yeah, I've spent time doing a whole bunch of chamber events, networking, things that are just traditional to accountants. I'm sure there's a group of accountants, and I'm not one of them, that they do a lot of networking on the golf course. It's kind of an expectation, or it used to be. The other area that I spent time cultivating over the years has just been in referral sources. So everybody says, get some people who will refer to you. And like I mentioned at the very beginning, our first thought towards a marketing campaign was to market towards banks who could refer business to us. And to this day, that is still a very common place for me to make a connection and get referrals. And that is different banks in our region. Now, the bankers are are great because they want their clients to have good accounting. They want them to have good records. They want them to be bankable and hopefully get a line of credit or a loan from them for a real estate deal. So they're all about making sure that they have great connections with bookkeepers and accountants so that their clients are well-served, which in effect serves them well. So I do work with banks, bankers for referrals, and I have bankers from more than one bank. I don't say, okay, everybody, I refer to the same bank. I always want to have more than one bank in my pocket, as well as different genders, male, female, because you just don't know exactly when you're talking with a client who they're going to connect with. Just like when you get a lead, 
they don't always have the personality that fits with you. And it's the same way with any type of relationship. So the other area I tend to get referrals and are is going to be financial planners. And it just so happened that I had a client who was a financial planner who had friends who are financial planners. And we just connected and we we try to just refer business back and forth. And again, I've got more than one so that I can, you know, get a sense of who might fit best with my client. And they, I'm sure, have more than one CPA that they're referring to for the same exact reason. Not everybody is going to be a perfect fit. So referrals are another great way, you know, to market. And that's still a very traditional form of marketing for accountants. And it doesn't feel very scary to me. Now, some other ways of marketing, like going to those big chamber luncheons, you know, that was scary to me. And it also took a lot of energy from me. And I am more of one of the people who wants to build that relationship with someone rather than do the small talk, you know, so it takes way less energy to me to be able to build relationships with individuals like bankers or financial planners. So that's my recommendations, you know, as far as areas to branch out and make sure that you have some folks that you can refer to. They're also a great resource for when you have questions or your a client has questions and you can say, okay, let me call up Joe at XYZ Bank and bounce that idea off of them. And you can gain some expertise by learning from them and then sharing that knowledge with your clients. And it also makes you feel, especially if you're a smaller firm, makes you feel like you have a bigger team because your team does not necessarily have to be someone that is employed by you. It could be a resource that you utilize that is very powerful to you and your client. So it doesn't always have to be a team member, someone you're paying. You can have the lawyer, the banker, the financial planner. All of those people are good people to have on your team. So the part that is very much, I wouldn't say it's new to accountants, but it is definitely an area that we probably struggle the most And that is going to be the areas that are the untraditional type of marketing. That is the stuff that when I was in college didn't exist yet. That is social media marketing. That is email marketing. That is making sure you have a website that your customers actually can do things on. So that has become a huge piece of marketing. And that is a part of that necessary evil yet again. So to me, it's a little more fun because a lot of people were already on social media for personal purposes, for keeping up with friends and family and what maybe even what other businesses or influencers are doing. We're in that mode. But when it comes to actually having a plan for ourselves and our companies to also be in that mode, we immediately go to feeling like that's salesy. I can't put that out there. That's like asking people to buy from me. Well, that's exactly what it is. But it is not something that is salesy 100% of the time, if ever. It is more of a presence. It's something that is establishing your reputation. It is establishing your experience and your expertise. So it can be very uncomfortable, but for the most part, 
it is something that firms have to have some sort of presence. And I would say, you know, one, make sure you have a website. That is, I still to this day, when I come across a company that I'm interested in, whether it's because I want to purchase something from them or because maybe they've come in as a potential client, that they're a lead for me, I'm going to go look for their website. That's the first thing I do is I look for a website. I don't expect it to be something that is the best website I've ever been to. I want to make sure they have one. Because in this day and age, if you do not have a website and you're relying on the Google business page or the Facebook page, you are losing the people who really expect to type in your website, your company name, and find that business. And because I immediately think they haven't invested even in a basic website, how legitimate of a business could they be? So businesses and accounting firms, accounting firms, a lot of times they do not have a website and bookkeeping offices. I would say that if you're not going to do anything else that is really, you know, in the social media world, on the internet, do a basic website. We get actually a lot of traffic into our website. I'm not sure why. I don't understand all those analytics. I don't do a lot of analysis of it, but we do get a fair number of actual legitimate leads from our website. Our website is also used by our clients to access the portal to upload or download documents. Our website is used to book a call with us or a meeting with us through a link there. So it, and then I also have a newsletter page attached to mine that people can go and see recent news articles that I will admit I am using a a site, a paid site that handles that for me monthly because I have a, as much of a fear that I have of marketing, I have a bigger fear of messing up the code, that HTML stuff inside of a website. I feel like I could take a website down in like three seconds flat. Just put me inside the code and I will break something. That is definitely not my strong suit. So I outsource that to a company and my website needs a revision big time. And that is part of what I'm going to work through in this marketing class. But it is definitely something that I can give it out and someone can go go to my website and you can tell I am in business. So that is the first thing. But then the other parts relating to that untraditional part of marketing for accountants and it, and I would say it's untraditional based on you know the past. Now it it should be traditional. It should be the expectation is that you need to have some sort of a social media presence. And I don't know that what we're learning is that, you know, you need to at least claim the name of your business on the main platforms. The main platforms as of the date of this recording would be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, maybe TikTok if you're into that, and LinkedIn. So those platforms, you know, the recommendation that I've gotten from the class I took is to at least claim your name there so that nobody else can claim it and to keep a business presence separate from your personal presence. And I do believe that. I have a Facebook 
page for my business, all of my businesses really. And then I also have personal pages. So it can feel like that is getting a little complicated that you feel like, oh my gosh, I got to remember to post as my business, not my personal. And I agree it can be, but I think it is worth it for those people who get a little worried about mixing their business and their personal. But each of those platforms has their own good things and bad things, pros and cons. And I'll just tell you, it's one of those things I am not great at. That's why I'm taking this marketing class. So I'm telling you, you know, sign up for a 10-week marketing class and you will dive into all the things. But it is so important because people check you out. You know, I do not post content on a regular basis. I will be, you know, on my accounting firm website or my accounting form pages, Facebook, I'm still learning Instagram, I'm still learning LinkedIn. And I don't think I'll even set up a profile on Twitter. I never tweeted, if that's what it's called. So, but really, you're supposed to find the platform where where are your people? And I would say for accountants, you're probably accountants, bookkeepers, our people are on Facebook, our people are probably on LinkedIn. But depending on what your focus is, your people could be Instagram. You know, maybe they're more your niche is to have creative type people. Well, creative people are drawn toward to Instagram because it's all, you know, about pictures and video. If you're looking, your your niche is more of a younger group, you might be looking at TikTok. Well, that really gets a lot of accountants out of their comfort zone if you've got to go record some videos for TikTok. But it's just one of those things where, yes, it'll get you out of your comfort zone, but it's back to being a necessary part of your business. Does not mean you have to be active on every single platform every single day. You need to just have a presence, have a good picture, have a, here's what I do, here's who I serve. If it's a platform that you do not use, the marketing class recommended that you just put a statement in there that says, you know, find us here or here, or what are these other links? Because we don't really check this very often. So if someone finds you in Twitter, but you don't really use Twitter, then you have a link to your website or to your Facebook or whatever so that they can still get information from you. But you probably need to have some sort of presence on one of those platforms. I will admit, I am not not good there yet. Definitely not good there yet. The last piece, you know, you have your website, you have your social media accounts, is doing a regular email list you know, your customers are your, you have their emails and you should be sending them value and content minimally, supposedly on a weekly basis. You know, send them a a link to your newsletter, send them a reminder that taxes are whatever tax deadlines are coming this month. Send them a note about a new tax law that was passed or a grant application that's pending, you know, that could be beneficial to them. Because when it's time, if you're doing this, what I found, when it's time for you to try to get more clients, your best source of referrals is your clients that are already happy with you. 
So what I've done in the past is I try, and I will say I'm not perfect. I try to send out a weekly email to my client list, my current client list, every week. And it doesn't always happen. One one of the weeks is always just a link to the updated newsletter on my website. One is sometimes usually about whatever charity or or um, not-for-profit that we're supporting this month or this quarter. One is sometimes about the deadlines. So it's nothing major. But by doing this, when I started looking for more clients, I put a call to action out in an email telling them, hey, we've got room to serve more people. Do you know anybody that could use our services? And you know what? You do that a handful of times and you will get one or two. And I I just did that, that because they were used to seeing me come into their email every week, they may or may not have been reading every single one. I didn't care. But when I finally got to the point where I was asking for a call to action like that, there were people that were like, oh, yes, I meant to send this to my daughter. I meant to forward this to my cousin's wife's husband. You know, I mean, there's just all those things that people will start to do for you. So you provide value to them. They will in turn provide value to you. So I would say email marketing and having a system around capturing those emails from your clients as you sign them up, you know, so whether that be they are signing an engagement letter with their tax return that says that they are accepting you to add them to the email list, or you put that in your fixed price agreements that say your email is going to be added to our list. Either any way you do it, they've agreed to be on it, and you always have the ability to do an unsubscribe. So you do have to have some sort of email service provider to handle this, and I'd be happy to talk about it, but I am definitely not the expert. So I would say you probably have somebody better to talk to you about email service providers. So definitely something that if you get in the habit of doing it and you have within your email service provider, the ability to schedule things out so that you can sit down, write some emails for this month, schedule them to go out every Wednesday at 8am or whatever time you're going to do that then you can kind of batch work and it doesn't feel quite so overwhelming. Now, if you are the one writing all of your content where you're going to write a blog or you're going to write those articles about the new tax rules, those types of things, that takes a whole lot bigger level of commitment and time. So you want to make sure that whatever you agree to be doing on a weekly basis, you can be consistent. And actually, I my recommendation here would be if you're not doing anything right now, try to do it once a month and then go to every two weeks and then go to weekly. For accounting firms, we're not selling retail things, you know, so we're not any type of a store that is trying to sell a product that is getting shipped. Those are the types of email campaigns that you are seeing, you know, coming into your inbox on a daily basis. You've signed up for it. You bought something from them before. I mean, I am flooded with Old Navy and Kohl's and Bath and Body and places that I actually buy things from. And you're getting at least one a day. It could be more, but I don't think accountants and bookkeepers are there. You are looking to just stay in your client's mind and 
provide them a little value. You know, so like I said, it does not have to be anything major, but it is helpful. I've had clients say that getting the newsletter every month, a link to the newsletter so they can go read it, is they love it. That is like one of their favorite things. I've had people say that getting reminders of when the estimated tax payments are due or when the sales taxes are due, that those things are just a little perk to them that they really enjoy. So, all right, so I've talked to you about why (laughs) the accountants think that marketing is a necessary evil. It has a lot to do with those, you know, not being able to get to an answer, you know, so you can't add something up and, and come up with a marketing plan. So that's a little foreign. We've talked about the traditional things and things that, you know, we used to do as entire industry, <laughs> you know, chamber events, networking groups, golf outings. And we've talked about the newer things that feel, they at least feel new to the accountants, which is, you know, websites, social media, email marketing. Those are all new. So, like I said, I'm in this class and I just, wanted to say that this is how I'm dealing with that negative marketing mindset that I've had for years and years and years. Now, like I said, since I was in college, which was many moons ago, I've had this, what I felt like this mental block against marketing. And so what I have committed to doing this year is to confront that and try to do a flip on that to where marketing is not a dirty word to me, that it is something that is just a part of my business and that I'm embracing it. And here's how I'm doing it. First, I'm learning. I, Like I said, I enrolled in this class. When there's something that I don't know how to do, I am finding resources. I was trying to find resources and I'm working through how to set up my LinkedIn profile. You know, I set that thing up and I don't know, 2008 and kind of let it live. And I didn't realize that, oh, I probably need to give it some attention. So learning, that is the first thing I would suggest to you is to just get really good at seeking the answers and getting more comfortable with the things that you should be doing to market your business. The second thing I'm doing is setting aside some focused time specifically for marketing efforts, whether that is to batch my weekly content for the accounting firm so that I have emails ready to go out for the next month, or if it's focused time for for learning or doing the homework in my marketing class, or it's focused time that I'm going to spend doing website edits. I am actually blocking this time off in my calendar and making a promise to myself that it is non-negotiable. So in order to get better at it and have a better perspective about it, I have to do it. I can't keep procrastinating it. At some point in everybody's career and in their the life of their firm, you are going to be so thankful that you have taken the time to put a marketing plan in place and done the steps that you've learned the things, you've done the steps, and now you have a pipeline of potential customers coming to you that you can decide if they are a good fit or they aren't. 
And the third thing that I am working very hard on to change my marketing mindset is that it is progress, not perfection. Now, if I expected that I wasn't going to do anything until I could be perfect at it, the marketing was never going to get done. So by learning and setting some focused time, I am able to make that progress, even if it is imperfect progress. So that is what I would suggest to you that you should, to change that mental block, to flip that marketing mindset, to make it a benefit to your firm, is that you need to learn about it, focus on it, and just take imperfect action. So that's what I have for you today. I look forward to talking to you again next week. And in the meantime, you know where to find me. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. I always end my weekly team meetings with have a great week. If you need me, you know where to find me. And I realized I said that. And with this whole podcasting thing, it's new and you may not know where to find me. Go to accountingwithconfidence.com and while you're there, sign up for six easy ways to reclaim time in your accounting firm and that will keep us connected. Have a great week.